Awesome, guys. Uh, obviously, we're going to be doing something a little bit different this morning, um, which is uh, doing a follow-up to what we talked about last week. Uh, last week, I was talking about the idea of how uh, a, a task will expand to fit the amount of time that we give it. And, uh, and so what that means is that in our life, uh, whether it's uh, uh, time or money or energy, um, our, our life kind of expands uh, to, uh, to fit in the things that we, that we want to fit in there. And so what ends up happening is that we end up running out of time, running out of money, and we end up running out of energy uh, a lot of times. And, and so what I want to tell you this morning is, is this, is that what we want to clearly communicate here is that when we talk about whether it's time or it's money, last week I mentioned something about how I didn't need a specific vehicle or I didn't need this, this kind of thing or that kind of thing. That, that's not intended to be pushed on you, to say that, uh, that you need to be like me. What, what I was saying is that this is a budget thing. This, this doesn't fit into my budget, Matt Porter's budget. But perhaps you have a budget that you can put together, and you have the finances for that. That's an incredible thing. That's awesome. So this is not about us creating rules for our church and saying you should not have a brand new car, or you should not buy this or do that or do the other thing. This is about thinking through the things that you're doing in advance and coming up with a plan and ensuring that you have left space for giving, being generous with your money, uh, giving, going, that is going to church, that is going into community, that is going in many different capacities, but it's giving, it's going, and then it's serving. When we talk about stewardship, the reason why we want to talk about stewardship is because uh, it's an issue, not just in our church and not just in this time, but in all churches for all time. Stewardship is ultimately the result of contentment, godliness with contentment, which is what we talked about out of 1 Timothy chapter 6. When we have contentment, we're able to steward the things that we have rather than allowing our things to control us. Rather than allowing our desires to control us, we're able to steward the things that we have. And we're able to act responsibly, we're able to act like disciples and follow through with giving and going and serving. See, giving and going and serving is a lot like uh, three stages of an infant child. If many of you know, like if you've recently had a baby, we've had a lot of people that have recently ha had, had a baby, or if you uh, end up having a child, or if you've had children in the past, or if you know of somebody who's had children, one of the things that you know is that it's very difficult to get that child to go to sleep early on. It's very difficult. But then the second thing that happens is, is that's really difficult in the life of a child is teething. And then the third thing, which I completely uh, forgot, oh yes, potty training, that's right, potty training, I should have remembered that. Uh, I didn't change a lot of diapers, I'll be honest, when I was a, a, a younger guy, but, um, but we have this uh, sleeping and teething and potty training thing that happens, and if any one of those functions does not come to fruition, if any one of those things doesn't happen, uh, they get backed up in more ways than one. Uh, they, they, uh, they're absolutely crazy because they're not sleeping. You're crazy because uh, they're not sleeping. The teething, it's obvious. They can't eat. See, these are basic functions of, of an infant child. 
And I got to tell you this, that the basic functions of the Christian life is at least this. It is definitely more, but it is, a, it is at least this, giving and going and serving. Now, American Christianity today sells you a lie, and that is that if you attend church nominally, like if you attend occasionally, then you're a part of that church, and that's, and that's, and that's great, and you kind of give lip service to God and stuff like that. You throw an extra five in the plate, something like that. But that is not sacrificial, and that is not stewardship, and that is not what God calls you to. God calls you to this, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is someone who's consistently giving of themselves. We're about to go into a series on Genesis, and, and we're going to unpack some of this stuff as we go through the first part of Genesis, and we see who this God is who created all things, and I, I, I don't want to give away anymore right now, but this is who we are. This is what we do, and sometimes I don't want to tell you this emphatically, in part because I don't want to upset you sometimes. Sometimes I don't want to come out and say, God has called you to give. God has called you to go to church on a regular basis, more often than not to sacrifice and say no to things that you want to go to so that you can be a part of God's people in his church and hear the word of God preached over you. I can guarantee you that you do not grow in Christ when you're not a part of his church. When you're not a part of it, when you're not an, a, a member who's engaged in serving alongside of other people, we've repeatedly shown, and it shows this throughout the New Testament, that this is what God has called you to. God has called you to love his people, to grow and serve one another, and to give faithfully. Give of your time, give of your money, give of your energy, that means that you're sacrificing things in your life. Here's what I believe happens. I believe that we have been in a culture that is about constant consumption. Our culture teaches you that you need to be out about constant consumption. Consume, consume, consume. I mean, just look at everything that is coming at you today through advertisement. Look at ev every one of our desires, every one of the things that we have. It's constant consumption. We're constantly consuming. And I want to tell you that what it looks like to be a believer in Jesus Christ is someone that has said no to the prevailing belief that I need to be a consumer above all, and that means that I even consume of church, and I consume of people, and if it's not providing for me, then I, then I, then I just don't go. That I, that I would cut out the idea that I am just here to consume in this life, and I'm just supposed to live and be happy and, and all of those things. But happiness does not come through consumption. Happiness comes through Christ. Happiness comes through Christ, even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of not having as much as you'd like to, even in the midst of expending energy for the work of God in this city, in this church, in this world. And I don't know that we have that. I don't know where we are with that. I'm not saying that we don't have people in our church and many people in our church that are engaged with that idea, but I do want to say this, 
that when we talk about THX and when we talk about uh, the things that we, like uh, soccer club at Richmond Elementary, when we talk about uh, the, the uh, backpack buddies for Richmond Elementary, when we talk about other things that we could be doing in the city, when we talk about... Um, uh, foster care, our foster care initiative, which we want to tell you more about, where we're serving uh, the local DHS people because they're getting so burnt out. When we talk about foster care for kids that uh, have no home, and, and many of them are staying in hotels or offices because there's nothing for them. Are we engaged with the idea that God has called us not not just to be constant consumers and say, uh, go, be warm and well fed, DHS? Be warm and well-fed, uh, young foster child without, without parents. Are we comfortable with the idea that God has called us to give, to go, and to serve? Are we? Uh, this morning, I want to uh, invite my wife up uh, with me because of this. Um, we want to talk with you about some things that we have done. Now, I think one of the things that's incredibly intimidating about this is that uh, at no point would we want to present ourselves as experts or as people who have done anything perfectly in, in any capacity, but we do want to talk about some things that we have done that have gone well, and maybe some things that haven't, haven't gone so well, if we can think of anything, I don't, I don't know, but uh, uh, something like that, um, but we, we want to discuss some of these things because it's incredibly important to us that we, we want to be transparent, we want to communicate to you um, uh, what may be helpful in, in your life. Um, many of you are married. Not all of you are married. Most of you will be married um, eventually if you're not already. And so we want to we wanna give you some, some helps in that. So thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this, babe. How are you feeling? Fine. Fine. Okay. Very good. All right. Uh, Sorry, you need more? Yeah, well, no, Wait, I was I'm just... I'm so happy to be up here with you. That's perfect. Thank you. I wanted to feel affirmed and... Uh, affirmed. And special. Okay. So Ephesians 5, 13 through 17 says this. It says, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So what, what I want you to see from this passage is, is this, is that when you come to Christ, what happens is this, is that you are going from death to life. The scriptures talk about death as being asleep. And so it says, wake up, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. God brings resurrection in your life through the power of the Spirit, uh, by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and through his resurrection. And what happens is this, a light is shown on our hearts. It's shown on our lives. And that light shows a lot of stuff. Like if, 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 if you remember that point in your life when you became a believer and you became aware of the, of the moral deficiencies in your life and the, and the way that things were, you're going to see that Christ is shining on you you're going to see that Christ is shining in you, and he's going to be bringing out things in your life. He's going to be exposing things in you. So what that means is this, is that he's saying, okay, look carefully then how you walk. 
I want you to walk in a way that's not unwise, but is wise. So are you walking in wisdom? Not just in, you know, relative morality, relative faithfulness to your spouse, uh, occasional church attendance, but I'm talking about giving your life to Christ in view of God's mercy, offering your, offering your bodies as a living sacrifice. So walking uh, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time. Listen, anything that you choose to do is going to expand into the time allotted, as we've said over and over again now. And that means that if, if you do not plan, if you do not schedule, if you do not have an idea in mind as to how things should go, and, and you allot specific time periods to that, uh, creating your priorities, then what's going to happen is you're not going to make the best use of the time. You're going to go the way of the world, which is through constant consumption, through this culture of consumption. And so I want to ask you guys to walk with us um, through this and to talk about uh, what it looks like to, um, to walk in wisdom this morning. Um, let's see here. Okay. So, uh, why don't we imagine for a minute here? What's that? I will. I will in a minute. Do you want to mention it? Okay. All right. I just like to correct. We you. really worked all this out, and then I think I just changed it, but that's okay. Uh, uh, so this morning, uh, <laughs> what's that? Yes, that's right. Uh, we want to present a, a vision of what good stewardship or great stewardship could look like for our church. Like, imagine for a minute that you've got a great marriage. It, it, what, what would that look like? What would a great marriage look like? What's it like living with me? <laughs> Tell us. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. That's right. It's incredible. What, you want me it? to imagine what a great I want you, No, I want you to tell them, like, what, what are some good things that happen in marriage? <laughs> Did I stump you? <laughs> she has no earthly idea. What are Let's some pray great and close this. All right. Uh, all some right. great things. Some great things. In so marriage. like great communication yes. between the husband and wife, right? Okay. Preparedness. Preparedness. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, let's see here. Um, good marriage. Kids that walk with Jesus. <laughs> we're totally bombing right yes. now. Yes, like, no, we're not. Okay. This is okay. great. Okay. okay. Are you talking like end goal type end things? End goal. Vision. I mean, yeah. vision for uh, staying married, uh, working side by side to glorify Jesus. Before we got married, someone told us, you, you guys are going to be better for the kingdom of God together than you would be separately. That, that was a huge thing for me when we chose to get married is knowing that we could double our impact uh, because we were together. Yeah. How's yeah. that? That's really good. Okay. Um, kids that walk with Jesus. Yes. Finances that are in order. Mm -hmm. there's, there's, uh, there's, there's times where we work really hard, but then there's times of rest. Mm -hmm. um, there's a loving atmosphere in our, in our homes. Um, we have time, we, we have money uh, to bless other people, like when a single mom comes into our, into our, our midst and, and she has a need, or like a foster kiddo or something like that, where we're able to, to, ser to serve them in, in some capacity with time or money or what have you. 
See, these things that we're talking about, as limited as they've been this morning, when you talk about having a great vision for your marriage, when you talk about having an idea of what you want to see happen, like these do not happen by accident. You are not going to just stumble on that. It's not just going to take place because one day you woke up and you said, you know, I really want that. It's, it's going to happen, first of all, because you're walking with Jesus. And, I, and, and again, I can't guarantee any of these things. But what I can say, the likelihood, the probability that life is going to uh, flourish is going to happen through Jesus Christ. And it's going to happen through reverse engineering your life, looking at the goal and then going back and saying, okay, what are the steps that I'm going to need to go through in order to make that happen? I mean, one of the first things that I would say to a lot of our, our singles this morning is that it really matters who you marry. Um, that it, it really, really matters who you marry. Now, who you marry is who you marry. And that's, 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 the, that's the hand that you've been dealt, right? <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm so thankful for my wife because... Um, one of the things that I think both of us did individually was that we thought in advance, where do we want to be and what is the kind of wife uh, or, or husband that we're going to need in order to fulfill those things in our life. For, so for those of you who are single, like if, if, if you want to see things really get, get messed up and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then go ahead and date a non-believer and then marry them and then find out how lonely that is. Like that's, that, that's, that is a... That, that is a horrible thing to be a part of. Talk to someone who's married a non-believer who's still walking with Jesus, which does not happen very often. Um, but I, I just want to tell you that that's, it's really important to reverse engineer your life from who you're going to marry to uh, what are the things that you're going to do in your life. So that's reverse engineering. I want to say this just about uh, life planning. I have a life planning document that we, uh, that we can share with you guys that, that might help with this. Uh, we'll put that on the web. In fact, we'll email that out this week. Um, if you're on our email list, if you're not, you should get on the email list and you'll also be informed on Right Now Media um, today. So one of the best things that we did was, was, uh, was what as, as a couple, babe? One of the best things that we did was connect with uh, a couple, their names uh, are Mike and Leanne Zanin, and I met Leanne uh, when I was serving in ministry as a single person, so before Matt and I really knew each other, and I just kind of came to a place, I was working with all guys in ministry, and I was about to lose my mind, and so I called her and I said, I need someone to talk to and to just listen to, listen to me and to help me kind of uh, walk in wisdom and figure some things out. And so I pursued that with her. And to this day, we still meet uh, kind of regularly once every month or two months. And so she is someone that, that has poured into my life, but also that I have said, okay, I need, I need your input on this. Uh, how do I do this? There are so many times when I have said, Tell me, what, tell me what to do. I don't like to be told what to do, but I have said, tell me. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me what I need to learn. How can I walk with Jesus? How can I love my husband when he's being unlovable, which I know you can't imagine, but uh, how can I love my kids, or how can I see my own sin in the midst of my marriage? So, and Matt also connected with Mike, her husband, back in that time as well, uh, and Mike actually did our uh, wedding ceremony, so that was kind of a cool thing, but I think uh, in being intentional about pursuing older people uh, has been really important to us, older people that ha are wiser than us, that have walked through more, more things than us. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's been like a, a major blessing. Um, you know, there's a story about Solomon's son when he took over uh, the kingdom. Instead of listening to the wise advisors, he listened to his idiot friends. And too often, that's what we do. We listen to our idiot friends. And in a sense, we lose the kingdom. Uh, we, lose, we, we lose out when we don't listen to wisdom. And so it says in uh, Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. I, that, that should be your life verse, by the way. Um, too often, uh, those of us who are, who are young and, um, you are know. Are you including yourself? Including in that myself, okay. yeah. I okay. mean, uh, there have been, every time that I have walked off course, it has, been, um, it has been because I did not listen to the advice of people who were above me or over me or things of that nature. You must get someone else to speak into your life. When you listen to yourself or you listen to just uh, friends that tell you what you want to hear, that is ridiculous. When you're talking about how things are going on with your marriage and how your, uh, your husband or how your, your wife has done this or that and you're telling your friends and that you should just walk out of that, you're listening to an idiot. You're listening to someone who has no idea what they're talking about. You need to speak to someone godly who knows Jesus, loves Jesus, and is going to tell you the hard stuff. So I think one of the best things that we've done is not to depend on our wisdom, but to depend on the Lord through the, through the word of God, and that expressed through people who have been uh, really wise. Another verse here that I think is really awesome, Hebrews 13, 7, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Another affirmation that when you look to people who are older, when you look to people who are over you, who have, who have preached the word of God to you and things like that, and I'm, I'm really not talking about ourselves. I'm saying everybody needs somebody to speak into their life just like we, uh, we do. This is what Mike and Leanne Zanin did, did to, for well, us. And I'm gonna just say too that I think for people talking, that are sweet, Sorry. See you later. I need to get some water. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I think for people that are uh, older than us, like whatever generation you're in, I think for, for those that are older, I think it's hard to say, you know, I think I could really bless this person that's younger than me. And it's, I think sometimes it's harder uh, for our older generation to, to say, hey, can I mentor you? That's, that's an awkward thing to do sometimes. And so I think as people who, whatever, again, whatever age category you're in, I think it's up to us. It's our responsibility to pursue people that are older than us and say, what can you share with me? I think it, it can be awkward for them to say, let me share with you all that I know. Let me, uh, so I think it's our responsibility. So if we're, if you're in that spot where you're feeling lost or you're feeling, you know, unsure what to do, go ask, ask someone, don't expect them to come to you. So, yeah, it can also mean that somebody's older than you in the faith. So it may mean that you're like in, that you join a community group and you're like, who's this kid that's leading this thing? And they're like a Bible whiz or, you know, something like that. And they, they, they can give good godly advice. It doesn't have to be somebody who necessarily has gray hair, all that, that's helpful sometimes. So, um, so <clears throat> we want to talk about time stewardship. One of the biggest things that I think that we see is that people so many times are saying, man, life is crazy. Like, we, uh, we don't have any time to do anything. We just have all of these things going on, and um, you have multiple, uh, you know, uh, you know, 
sports that their kids are in or sports that they're in or events that they're in or things that they've committed themselves to. And so what, what ends up happening is that it's, it's just a sure sign that there is not time stewardship that's going on in relation to giving and going and serving. And so our schedules are crazy. They're absolutely uh, crazy in life. And so one of the things that we have done well and even recently kind of reinstituted and, um, and kind of doubled down on, I think, was just having a planned time that we were going to talk through what's going on in life and, and stuff like that. How, how do you feel like that's helped our, our marriage as we've kind of gotten together on Monday mornings now? Monday's my day off. Um, so Monday mornings, all, and, and all of our children are in school, so that's a, uh, a huge bonus. But we, uh, we get that time together. How do you feel like that's helped in our marriage? Well, I would say one of the reasons why it's so great is because it has been haphazard in the past, I think, for us. So the, I feel like the, the reason that we can talk about some of this stuff is because we, we have not always done these things. And so we've learned kind of maybe some of the hard ways sometimes how this stuff has caused chaos in our family or caused unrest. And so I think what, what we have, uh, what we are working, working on, working towards is we're uh, making time every week to check in and to talk about our finances and to talk about our kids and to pray for our kids and to pray for our marriage and check in on those things. And so uh, to me, it, there, there is a, like a peace and a steadfastness that comes from knowing that we have that time set to check in. So for, for me, kind of feeling like, I don't know when we're going to talk about the finances or I'm not sure can just lead to crazy. I think it leads to more craziness in, in lots of different areas. So Yeah, like, uh, like absolute craziness. So some things that we've talked about are just, uh, you know, this kid got invited to be in, in this program at school, and is that something that we can handle in our schedule? Uh, it turned out that it could because it was happening during the school day, but it was going to be more stuff that she was doing, and so we, we decided to go for that. But these are things that we both get to be involved with. If I'm just leaving in the morning, going to work, coming home, like, that really is kind of, you know, putting everything onto her, and instead of me kind of casting vision in our home and, and causing uh, there to be, um, you know, an idea of what's going to happen or, or, or helping her work through some of these things because she's typically working with a lot of the things with the kids. Um, you know, instead of that happening, um, sometimes I, I used to leave it uh, to her to figure that out, but this is a way that I can be involved. How has it helped when I've been engaged with you um, and kind of casting vision for our home as a husband? Well, I can talk about how it was frustrating, the, the not, and then I'll talk about yeah, how yeah. great you are. Um, I, got some I think, dirt on me right I, here. All right. No, I would just say that I think as women, I think we can, since a lot of times we're managing the kids more and different things like that, and uh, that's typically, it's not always the case, but uh, I think a lot of that responsibility does, or is, is ours, which is a good amazing blessing and privilege and I think I have a lot of ideas for how I want to see things kind of happen in my home and with our money or with I mean I I like processing all of that and I think but I need my husband to lead in the vision and the direction of our home that's not my role and and sometimes I can I can get 
it just, I, I got frustrated because I just felt like I was trying to implement things or I was trying to kind of set things up, but it would never really, some things would never really take. And so I think over the years we have figured out, and, and, and I think hang, Matt. Hang on, let me hold that thought for just yeah, a second. Yeah. Over the years we've figured something out, but like the way that this would go would be like, hey, here's some things I'm thinking about. And this would happen in finances. Mm -hmm. It would happen in kids. It would happen in a lot of different areas. And I just didn't want to talk about it. And I, I mean, I'll just be honest, like, I, there, I mean, there were times where, where things were really tight, and I just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. And that was cowardice on my part, guys. That was my, uh, me sticking my head in the sand and just saying, I don't want to deal with that stuff. And so she would ask, and I wouldn't make time for it. So that's being a coward. That was me. I, I did that on a regular basis. She would talk about, she would read like five new parenting it's books true. in a week, and she would it's be true. like, I have all of these things that I want to plan for the children. And I would be like, that sounds awful. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to talk about that. It was. I read too many Why things. do you read? Gosh. Uh, <laughs> But she, she's a voracious reader, and I, am, and I, and I just kind of, you know, I like ideas, and, and, and that's cool. But, uh, but then, um, anyway, the, the truth is my wife is smarter than me, and so she would have some ideas. And I would just, and what would happen is that I did not want to go into that. I did not want to have to talk about, talk through that. I mean, sometimes I just wouldn't make time for it. Um, you know, those kinds of things. And so uh, how, how did this remedy, what do you think? Whoops. Well, I think, I think part of that too is just he wasn't, I don't think you knew what to do about it. And yeah. I mean, it, I read a lot of different things and I, you know, I would try to implement 14 different parenting strategies at one time, which is not a good idea. Like pick one or two or something like that. But uh, I, I can be a little bit like, let's try everything. And that, that's not right either. So I had my own stuff in that as well. But I think one of the things that we that that was really helpful to me is when Matt would say, "Okay, here's what I would love to see happen. Here's a direction. I need direction. I need some direction in which to kind of channel my energies and my thoughts." And so when Matt would say, as a husband, "Here is the direction I want to see our family go towards this. Here's what I feel like." And we would talk about this stuff. It wasn't just him saying, "Here's what we're doing." Get, you know, that was not it. We would con converse about it, but him leading in the conversation and saying, I, I needed him to have a vision for our home and for our life and for where we were going. That ch I think that was a game changer for us because it made me feel like the ideas that I had were actually going somewhere, and it wasn't just kind of trying to work towards these things. Um, part, part of this whole deal is that is the way that God has created us. It's not that you can't have good ideas and have leadership in, in that way. That would be a, a misunderstanding of, of the biblical idea of, of headship and, mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. Like, that is not the way that it goes. It's that she needs me to buy into, um, and, and not wholesale necessarily, but to buy into what she wants to do. She needs me to support her. And in some ways, I think what I heard her say is, I can't make progress on this until you're, until you're with me on this. I can't move on this. And so the way that we've come to this place where we've been able to steward our time better is through uh, her and I working together, whether it's with kids or with finances. I mean, uh, 
and, and that, that, that's really the next thing here, money stewardship in relation to giving, going, and serving. And so one of those things was budgeting, where I was failing to have a conversation uh, with her. It's not that we were uh, going broke necessarily, it's that we weren't making progress. We were just already broke. We were already yes. broke. <laughs> that's right, that's we're right. We are going there. So we were, we were um, you know, things were tight. Uh, we lived in a 600-square-foot studio apartment. Um, we, our rent was like 600 bucks. Um, all of our f- friends lived in Creekside, uh, so that was, that was tough. Um, and uh, we had credit card debt, and uh, we had, uh, I had some tax debt from uh, a business that I had that I, that I did not do well with uh, closing um, and uh, whatnot. The so Roadhouse Grill did well. The Roadhouse Grill did really well. They made a lot they of money. They have amazing ribeye steaks. Uh, was, I ate there every night. I cannot understand how I went broke. But um, in any case, uh, so, so the whole budgeting thing, let's talk about that for a second. So you needed me to help speak into that stuff. I had my head in the sand, wouldn't necessarily talk about it. We finally got on track when we both committed to, to, to what? Talking. Talking. About our finances. And? Nothing. Uh, ch- what's that? No, go ahead. No, no. And I, like we're, we're, we started talking about our finances yeah. and saying and setting up goals as mm-hmm. far as what we wanted to see happen, right? Yes. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'll keep yeah. going. Yeah, I think getting getting a budget, uh, understanding where our money was going, talking about the th- the direction that we wanted to go. Again, some of this is not rocket science. Uh, you've probably all heard these things, but the sitting down and the talking through it is sometimes uncomfortable because sometimes there's not enough money, and sometimes you have to go without, and sometimes you need to pray for more money. Sometimes you need to spend money wiser. These, these things, are, they're uncomfortable to talk about. It's no wonder that um, finances are one of the main reasons that people get divorced is because it is an issue. And so I think for, for me, I, like, I do our finances. Like I pay the bills. I, I manage our budget. I do all of that. Um, but again, without Matt, I feel like I'm on an island. And so in those early days, that was hard and kind of overwhelming. And again, I understand it's hard and uncomfortable to talk about. And there was a lot going on in those early years. But I think for us, when things changed is when we both knew, okay, here's how much money we have. Here's the direction. Again, the direction that we're going together. It's not, we're not two separate people going two separate directions, but we're talking about this stuff regularly together and making progress in that way. So. Yeah, so we, we, we sat down, we talked about, we made a plan for what we wanted to see happen. We had some financial goals. We hadn't really done well, we anything had, for... And we had debt. We had credit card debt. I liked a little store called Nordstrom's a little yeah. too much. Yeah. You yeah. like steak. I like I mean, steak. Uh, <laughs> um, I liked how you looked in Nordstrom's. That was great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, was that weird? <laughs> All outerwear. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So we made a plan, and we uh, the the plan redirect. W- redirect. Okay. So we started. Um, anytime we got any kind of <laughs> funds or money or whatever, I mean, we just we pushed money into these these areas of debt over and over again. We did not uh, use the credit card unless. 
Coldplay. Unless Coldplay came town. into town. <laughs> and that was worth it, and we paid it off. Yeah, that's Sorry. right. Yeah, unless Coldplay was in town, and then we got, like, seats right behind okay, the band. Come on, keep going. It was amazing. And uh, the, the, we call that helpful. the best, worst credit card purchase so that we've ever it. had. It was so worth uh, it. <laughs> so impulsive. Um, in any case, so that's so we started paying off, uh, paying off debt. We started living on a budget, a zero-based budget. One of the ways that we started to really give well that is tithing to the church, was doing it in advance. Um, so like as soon as we got our check, that, that went out. And it made it more, uh, more simple to do that because uh, now we don't have it to play with at all. But if we had waited till the end of the month, we always would have gone over. We're going to go over either way, but this should, it helped us go over less. Quicker, yeah, yeah, and and so we started we started doing that, and over time we've had to kind of reevaluate, like where is where is our giving budget, where where are we at, and is it is it proportional to what we're making, and so we've had to we've had to up that, and there's been times where we didn't up that when I feel like God had called me to to do that. Um, um, I, I felt like that's, that's been on my heart for a while. I put it off, and recently we, we bumped that up a little bit. This is not to say that we're heroes. This is to say that this is the reality of what happens in, in our lives. So my encouragement to you is that you would give 10% of your income. It's a basic bi- biblical principle to try to give 10%. And maybe you don't have that right now, but that's why you need to put together a plan because I want to tell you that I don't think that I think it is so difficult to say that you have faith in God or, or to, to depend on the Lord for your finances until you're giving on a regular basis, at least tithing. Now, we have other people in our church that don't just have a tithing budget. They also have a generosity budget on top of that. And I'm always shocked to hear this because it's amazing. We don't have a specific budget set aside to that, although we are uh, generous um, at at various times above and beyond what the church, uh, what we give to the church. But I want to encourage you to make a plan. So one of the ways that we do that is we do that through you need a budget. We used to do it through Mint, which we didn't like. I was more familiar with that. You're more familiar with you need a budget.com. Is that right? Dot .com or dot .org, something like that. And so that is a great way. It, it uploads with your bank account and stuff like that and things of that nature. FPU, Financial Peace University, that's why we offer that here. Have so many young families here. And listen, if you're just kind of coasting, you're not getting things figured out, you need to go through FPU. We used a lot of those principles to get out of debt. Here's some other things. Join our community group and ask someone to hold you accountable to that, if, especially if you're single. Um, there's also other resources through Right Now Media uh, that are really helpful with that. And um, lastly would be this, is just kind of energy stewardship, is, uh, is that we, we talk about time, we talk about money. I read a, a book a while ago that the byline says, um, says um, if, if I can remember this, um, uh, work on saving, uh, saving energy, not time, something like that. And what it's really talking about is it's saying that when you just look at your time and you don't think about your energy levels and things of that nature, it really kind of sinks all of your other endeavors. So this may be one of the most important things that you do, especially as you're planning your life. And so when we get together and we plan, one of the things that we're looking at, whether we're going to have people over, which we have people over a lot, or what things we're going to be involved with, is that we're thinking about energy. 
and we're thinking about do we have the energy to be able to pull this off or to do this and to do the other things that we're, that we're planning on doing. Um, and so do, do you have anything that you would add to that? Yeah, totally. I, I think in the, especially in the culture that we live in today, we see so much about what everyone else is doing and I think it makes us a little scattered in, okay, I could be doing this, I could be doing this, I, or I should be, I should be doing this, I should be, I should be this, I should be involved in this. And, and I think the, there's great things about social media, but I think there's also some negatives where it just comes down to like, we can't do everything. Like we have, 20, we have 24 hours in a day, we can't do what everyone else is doing. And so I think we talked about this a little bit at tables this last Sunday night, but being careful what we're, t- what we're taking in, being careful uh, what we're processing, and because and, there are a lot of things that would pull for your time and your energy, and we can't do everything. And so I think one of the things that as we talk about kind of this reverse engineering idea, kind of thinking about, okay, what is important to us? And like Matt said, that's not just going to happen. You're not just going to wake up one day and, and be where you kind of wanted to be. What we do right now, what we do today is what we're going to be years down the road. So our choices today, the things that we're involved in today, the ways that we're spending our money today, that all either helps or it hinders what our future is gonna look like. And so I think the, the important part about saying, where is my energy going? I want my energy to go into my kids. I want my energy to go into my marriage. But there's a lot of other things that, that look good or that, that look like more fun or that look, um, more appealing, things like that. And so we have to know in our mindset what we value so that that is what we're putting our time into. It's not, it doesn't happen easily. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't come naturally. And I think in our feelings-generated culture where how you feel matters above, I'm not saying this is how it should be, I'm just saying this is how it is. It's, it's feelings, it's how does this make you feel. If you don't feel good about it, I'm not saying in a spiritual sense, but if, you don't, if it feels hard, do something else. Like, that is the way of the world. That is not the way of the Bible. And so as we're talking about energy, we're, we're talking about being in our Bibles to know what God's Word says about where we should be spending our time. The, the world has too much to say. It's too loud. We cannot listen there first. We have to listen to God's Word. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and we have to plan this stuff out and again, we're not saying this as experts. We're saying this as this is what this it's fine. This is what our this is what our hope is. This is what we are striving for in our marriage and in our family. And this is what we want to encourage our church in and you in because I I think there there is such a there is such a tendency to try to go too many different directions. It's not good for us. It's yeah. not good for yeah. our souls. It's not good for our bodies. It's, it is not good for us to, to be spread so thin. And again, there are seasons though. There, I mean, toddlerhood and trying to get babies to sleep through the night, like, holy cow, I'm not in that stage anymore. I barely remember it. That's hope for you moms that are in it. I barely remember it, but it was, it's so hard. And there, those are going to be times when you don't have as much energy. There, there's going to be different seasons where you have different levels of energy. And I think as we, as we've talked, or as you've talked last week and this week, it's the importance of stewarding well what God has given to us. We should have limits. Again, our world says you have no limits, but we have limits. We have a physical body. We have a physical soul. We can only do so much. And, and no is a, is a good thing. No is a worthy thing. Uh, 
when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else, something more important. So. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> wow. That's my wife. Oh my gosh, that was good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Ah, uh, we should pray, but I'm not going to yet. Uh, uh, is it, we we, we uh, read this quote earlier uh, this week. I've, I've read it before. But instead of wondering uh, when your next vacation is, maybe you should set up a life that you don't need to escape from. Instead of wondering, what's that? Yeah. Instead of wondering when your next vacation is, maybe you should set up a life that you don't need to escape from. That's from Seth Godin. People are getting exhausted, like exhausted with life. I mean, vacations are great. Yeah, vacations are yeah. vacations are great. Great. I'm sorry, but it's not that yeah. you shouldn't have a vacation, but it but it, it's like maybe you need to design a life that is not draining your energy. Absolutely. And listen, the endless p- pursuit of consumption leads us to work harder and harder and harder and harder, and perhaps more hours at work, which which exhausts us more. With this whole idea of contentment and being happy with what God has given us and stewarding what he, what he has given us, which, by the way, God still blesses even in the midst of stewardship, even in the midst of saying, okay, we're going to be content with what we have. God continues to give. We, we don't have to go after and take ours um, and make something happen. Well, and I think there's always this allure that if I have, as soon as I have this, this will be true yeah. in my life. As soon as I have whatever, this will all be better. I remember what when we lived in the, we lived in a trailer on our property while we were renovating our house for 14 months. And I remember thinking, I, I remember thinking the, the temptation to think this is just everything that we're dealing with, you know, cramming in the trailer and things like that. All these things are going to be better when we get in the house. And I remember feeling like the Lord was saying, you are going to be the same people now that you are in that in that house once it's done and so paying attention to where you are right now matters it's not it's not the next best thing it's not you're going to be the same person in whatever situation you think uh, you want and so being content with what we have right now and growing uh, in the ways that God is giving you in the the trials and the situations that you are right now the grass is greenest where you water it <laughs> it's not over <laughs> there it's it's right here so yeah yeah um, so, so, no, that, that's amazing, babe. Um, so, what's currently not in your life that should be in regards to stewardship? Uh, are you giving? That's, it's, that's tough. That's tough. I know it is. Um, are you going? Are you, are you making a point to be at church? It's not just... Not, not just occasionally, but g- going to church and then beyond that, investing, investing. Here's what I, here's what I can tell you. Uh, you are going to grow when you accentuate those things. It has to happen. When you're with God's people, you're serving with God's people, and you're giving of your finances in these areas, you are going to grow. I can, I can promise you. I think I can say that. I can promise you, discipleship increases. You become closer with God. You want to walk with God? Do something difficult. You want to, you want to keep lollygagging a little bit? Then just be slack in these areas. I, I got to tell you that stewardship 
is so important. I, I hope that this has been helpful. What do you got? Well, I just was going to say, too, the repetitiveness and the importance of that. I've been in church all of my life, and every Sunday I'm, I'm struck with this thought that I need this every week. I, I'm, I forget. We're human. We forget. We, I, I like to think of, like, sometimes we like to approach our relationship with Jesus with this, like, Costco theology, which is, like, you go once and you, like, get like hundreds of dollars worth of things to like store away. And it doesn't work like that. We need yeah. to be in church. We need to be with believers. When I spend time with uh, other people who are walking with Jesus and we're talking with Jesus, my desire for Jesus grows. It's, it's more because of the people that I'm around. And so we, I think we miss when we're not with God's people, it, it's, you don't have that. There's an encouragement with being with God's people. We grow when we're reminded weekly, daily, walking with Jesus with his, in the Holy Spirit. Anyways. Awesome. Will you pray for us? Yeah. yeah, close us. Totally. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for our church. It's such a privilege to, uh, to get to serve here at our church. I'm so grateful for, God, just the ways that you have been uh, faithful and sovereign in the life of this church, Lord. I'm, I want to pray over our church this morning, Lord, in, in whatever ways uh, each of us need to grow uh, God, in our giving, in our going, and in our serving, Lord. I pray that you would um, appeal to our hearts, uh, and not in a moralistic way, God, but in a way that we want to grow and become more like the people that you have called us to be, God, because of what you have done on the cross for us. I pray for your mercy and your blessing and your care over the, the people, for everyone sitting here, Lord. I'm, I'm so grateful again just to be, God, in your presence every week, to hear scripture and to be involved in worship. I pray for the rest of our time this morning, God, in communion and in worship, Lord, that you would be near to us. And I'm so grateful just for this time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, babe.